Are you working? What kind of work do you do? It's another midweek podcast, Charlie, and we're starting to break down what happened in the grand, big, wide world of college baseball. Charlie Bornoff, I'm Will Connerly. This is the midweek podcast. Charlie, how's everything going? It's going good. It's going good. I'm ready to talk about some baseball. I am as well. And the first two series that we are going to recap from last weekend is Texas who I know is a team that you get all excited about first Alabama and then Duke versus Baylor. Now, Texas, let's start with that series, Charlie, when we recap this series, because I think the thing that at least I look at for Texas is at the beginning of the year, the year, when you're the number one seed, when you're the number one team, you basically, all you have to do all year is prove that you're that good. And, up to this point, Texas being 8-0 and and getting the sweep, I mean, they've proven that certainly, and uh, they're showing how good they are, and <laughs> they're showing how good their pitching staff is. I mean, they had a 26-2 and thirds consecutive scoreless inning streak until they allowed a, a run in the fifth on a Sunday, and uh, your guy Tanner Witt certainly had a great performance along with Pete Hansen. This staff for the Longhorns is unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, this is a great, I think, series to prove it. Like, I mean, Rice was a solid team that they played last weekend, but I know you and I both kind of like that Bama squad. They've got some good hitters. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can't really highlight one of the pitchers. I mean, Tristan Stevens also went crazy. Pete Hansen went crazy. Tanner Witt's, you know, the best pitcher in all the state of Texas, probably. I know it's probably a hot take, but they were all just on fire last weekend. And um, also, I'm just convinced that Ivan Melendez physically can't hit a ball below 98 miles an hour. Like I think ever since it's an absolute weapon that comes off his bat, dude. Well, Charlie, when we look at this series, I mean, Texas won on Friday night one to nothing. Like when we look at it, yeah, Texas is eight. No, they got the sweep, but they won by one run on Friday, one nothing, two runs on Saturday, a two nothing win. And then a 6-1 win to complete the three-game series sweep of the Crimson Tide. But it's not like they were raking. It was more their pitching. And it all begins with your Friday night guy giving you a great outing and Pete Hansing. Pete Hansen going five innings and getting eight strikeouts, no runs, of course, as their staff pitched a shutout. And then the next day doing the same thing, but it's not like they were winning these games easily. Alabama, a formidable team who also pitched the ball pretty well, um, but they just didn't. I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Garrett McMillan on Friday, who went six innings and no earned and kind of dueling inning for inning with one of the best pitchers in the country and Pete Hansen. But Alabama kept it really close in those first two games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great uh, sweep, like getting swept at any time is never a good thing, but I do kind of look at the series and like. It was, I think it was in a way a hollow victory for the pitching staff for Bama. Like they really did look very good all the way through, except for a little bit late on Sunday. But I will say too, in Texas defense and I guess Bama too, uh, those first two games, the weather was terrible and the wind was blowing in. So I think that did kind of dampen the ball a little bit. Cause I remember like Melendez and Messinger both hit two absolute bombs, but kind of the wind kind of kept them in the park. And I think those are both out of there. Might've uh, blown the door off in that first game, but yeah. Um, 
if you can go toe to toe with Texas's top three starters, uh, you're doing something right. Yes, and I know that even on Saturday, a two to nothing Texas win over Alabama after they won one nothing on Friday night. And again, Texas wins the game by just getting four hits. Luke Harrison gets the save. Tristan Stevens gets the win after going six innings, no runs. And then Luke Harrison finishes the game, three innings, gets the save. But Antoine Ja, five innings, two earned. And he gets the loss but just because of the simple fact that Alabama couldn't play any runs in the first two games of this series. But again, a close affair. And then on Sunday, um, it was Texas. The bats woke up a little bit more after they had 13 hits. Uh, they did ultimately surrender a run, but maybe one of their best pitching performances came over the weekend, Tanner Witt went six, Lucas Gordon went two, and then Aaron Nixon closed it out with an inning. And that was some pretty good stuff there. I know Tanner Witt is your guy, six innings, nine strikeouts, one earned for him. And so that was a good performance for Texas to get the sweep. But what I take from this weekend is, yes, Alabama is good. I think their pitching staff is going to be formidable. And I just think at the end of the day, Texas, you got to say, has one of the best, if not the best rotation. And it just showed that, yeah, they were doing it against Rice, but to do it against Alabama, a good SEC program, I mean, that just really, really shows that your staff is legit as ever with three dogs in that rotation that all give you a chance to win every single time. And that's what they did this weekend to get the sweep and improve to 8-0 and and stay atop the polls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tanner Witt was just on top of his shit on Sunday. Did his the, Did you watch the game? Because his tunneling off the fastball, was, his changeup, his the way his changeup was tunneling off his fastball was ridiculous. Because if you weren't paying attention, you just thought he threw an eighty mile per hour fastball without realizing it. It was that thing was just breaking so late, man. There's I don't know how anybody could ever pick that pitch up. No, I I didn't get the chance to watch Witt on Sunday, but. I know that you look at his strikeout stuff. Was he getting a lot of strikeouts with the tunneling that changeup low and away, or was he more just blowing guys' doors off? He was mixing it up. I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I didn't keep counting. He got a couple with the curveball for sure. Um, He made some dudes look really stupid. He was dumb as hell with the changeup. He was throwing swords out there. Also, it was bumping in the Texas on Sunday, too, because the weather got nice finally. Those fans are going crazy. Now, if you want to like show your friend who's trying to get in college baseball what a good college baseball atmosphere is, mm. you got to show them that Sunday again. That thing was electric. Well, just show them the number one team in the nation having exactly. some fun under exactly. the sun. Well, that's what they're going to be doing. I can't wait till the end of the podcast where we get to kind of preview. Yeah. I mean, Tanner Witt probably going up against UCLA this so I'm weekend. Saying, I hope so. Um, I think, man. yeah, that's the Sunday. And then you even got Tennessee. I mean, t- Texas is legit. They're the number one team in the nation. But we will find out how this is the ultimate measuring stick for them, I think, this coming weekend. Playing It'll two be a great ranked, one. Playing two ranked teams and UCLA. They play Tennessee on Friday, who I think we both really like. The, I mean, Tennessee's played great to start the year. Yeah. Then you go up against my national title favorite, LSU. And I, I do not think... LSU wins this game individually, 
but I do think that they will be the best offense. I mean, they go up against two of the top offenses in the country, Tennessee and LSU back-to-back days. So when you talk about what, how good Texas's pitching staff is, we'll find out how good they are coming up this weekend. Then they play UCLA on Sunday. So a tough weekend in that hospital Shriners hospital for children, college classic. That's going to of course be fun, but nice series victory for Texas and the Longhorns. Uh, they had gone 41 and two thirds without allowing an earned run. Pretty impressive for them. But then we move along to Duke versus Baylor Really nice response and bounce back for the Baylor Bears. They were swept by Maryland in the opening weekend, but took two of three from number 23, Duke. And now you look at Baylor, they've played two quality teams, Maryland and now Duke. And if it weren't for a four to two loss, giving up runs late, they could have even swept Duke. And they didn't play terrible against Maryland. Maryland just won those games. And so I think this gives Baylor some confidence that says, okay, we don't need to freak out too much. Yeah, we didn't have a good opening weekend, but we came back right back at it and got the series victory against a top 25 team. And I think the biggest question mark is that pitching rotation, that starting rotation, the rotation looked pretty good. Tyler Thomas had six shutout on Friday. The Nevada grad transfer, Jake Jackson, and sophomore left-hander Will Ringy both gave Baylor impressive starts in Saturday's double, Sunday's doubleheader. So it was good stuff for Baylor. And I know that they obviously have to feel good about themselves after getting a series win over Duke. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Maryland, I think, is just a better squad than Baylor. So that's why I kind of chalked that up to um, – Friday, Friday's game was a lot of fun for the first like five and a third before Marcus Johnson got taken out for Duke. But yeah, you mentioned Tyler Thomas. Um, Tyler Thomas was shockingly, like he's, I think he was lights out against Maryland too, honestly. He doesn't throw all that hard. He's kind of like high 80s, but dude, he was commanding all four of his pitches. He was not missing his spots. He was making Duke look really silly. And we're going toe to toe with Marcus Johnson, who in my eyes is probably like, I feel like he, he gives me like comp, like compensation round vibes. Like he's, he's got a ton of talent, and especially. With him in the starter role now, and that was a big that was a you need that on Friday from a team like Baylor. So Tyler Thomas is, I think he's kind of one of those guys. He might be like a sleeper player throughout the year. Like, is he the highest kind of like prospect? No, but he's just a hell of a college pitcher. I could be a real weapon. Yeah, and the rotation, it's kind of like, okay, you know you have Jared McKenzie pacing this offense, but okay, what what is a grad transfer and Jake Jackson gonna look like for this team? He went seven innings in his first game, allowing one run. And he picks up his 16th career victory, but his first year at Baylor, an experienced grad transfer college pitcher who wants to be good on this uh, staff. And so now, you know, you're Baylor, you, you open the year with a three and four homestand. And now you go on the road for your next five. You're going to play Rice uh, Wednesday, then UCLA, Tennessee, and LSU at that Shriners Children's College Classic at Minimate Park in Houston. So they're another team in that uh, big little tournament showcase that should be fun. Um, but I know that it was a nice, at least, response for Baylor in that regard. And as we move along, Charlie, how about some of your biggest winners and losers from the opening weekend in college or the second weekend in college baseball? I know that I really liked uh, your winners and losers from the opening weekend, but now as we move along to another week and this great experience that we've seen in Division One baseball, who are your winners and losers? Let's start with uh, your winner, 
Give me a winner for you from this past weekend. Well, I'll give the boring and obvious one first. I'll talk about him later in a different segment. But uh, like Tommy White just absolutely went crazy once again. Mm-hmm. He's now back-to-back National Player of the Week. So if you do that, you keep, you have to be on that list. You're that you're winning at something right there. And then uh, my next win is the team I've been tweeting about and talking about a lot to my buddy Josh, who goes to Maryland too. Uh, the Maryland Terrapins, man, they're undefeated. They've beaten two really good squads now. With then they swept them both with Baylor and Campbell. I have the stat right now. Where is that? Oh, um, where? Okay, yeah. They only let three runs all weekend to Campbell, which is impressive alone. And uh, the starting rotation so far has thrown 42 innings, only allowed six runs. So if you, if you keep keep doing that, I mean, Maryland's going to keep uh, soaring up the charts, man. Yeah, just keep doing that. It's so easy to do. Yeah, and then my last winner, I didn't watch this series, but I kind of chose it to be spiteful because I thought it was absolutely – I thought it was an overreaction to an extent that Baseball America put Long Beach State at six overall after having them unranked after just one series. And then they go out and Long Beach gets swept by Sac State. So Sacramento State's my last winner. Now, they didn't dominate Long Beach State in fairness to Long Beach, but, you you know, you still come in and sweep the number six team ranked in the nation. Like, that's going to play. No doubt. Uh, I'll go with my winners, and then we'll get to our losers. I, uh, there's, I, there's a lot of fun. Um, in college baseball, one team that I, has had a lot of fun is uh, Tennessee. They're a winner for me because of many things, but one reason there are, is, there are many things. <laughs> there are many. Well, one thing is they're seven and zero. Another thing is that they have a guy named Ben Joyce who can throw a ball extremely hard. And he has a lot of sex. while the MLB is having meetings and being locked out, he said, "I'll show you guys some MLB stuff. I'll throw a pitch harder than any MLB had thrown all, all last year." And uh, that's what he did for Tennessee. Uh, he was out because TJ last year, which is why he had to red shirt. Uh, man, he, he started at a Juco power, but, uh, coach, uh, Tony Vitello said he was disappointed because he didn't hit one Oh four. And he's actually done that for him in practice before. So, uh, I think Ben Joyce is going to be a key piece to this Tennessee bullpen, but also Tennessee because Trey come, who's been so good 15 of 26 to start the year with 20 RBI four homer, three double hitting 577 with a nearly 2000 OPS. He's pretty good. And then, yeah, uh, good. and then you've also seen a guy like Chase Dollander, who has just been, I mean, talk about gas. I mean, that's a guy who can throw the ball pretty hard. And also Luke Livicus has got on base over 70% of the time for Tennessee, who leads the nation in scoring home runs, batting average, slugging and on base. They're third in ERA too. So they're one of my winners, my next winner. And this is a whole lot of fun as well. It's a good one. All miss. Now they're still undefeated at six and oh, they're a really good baseball team. And how about this? When you're up, Charlie, you know, in, in uh, basketball, they call it the Gatorade guys, guys who sit, sit next to the Gatorade, get to play. And Ole Miss was up by a lot. They let defensive tackle Taiwan Malone hit a game winning home run because it was a mercy rule. And for the Ole Miss Rebels baseball team, they won by a run roll. He's, of course, a backup to All-American Tim Elko. But he just, they said he's a defensive tackle for the football team. He doesn't just crush quarterbacks. He crushes baseballs as well. That was the one of the coolest things I saw on the baseball yeah. field. He was kind of moving too out of the box, man. He was hustling down there. 
he was. I mean, if you haven't seen the video, you got to go check that out. Uh, sure. He is just a big body in a baseball uniform. So obviously my winners are a guy throwing a nearly 104, a guy literally crushing a ball and being a big defensive tackle in Taiwan Malone, Ben Joyce in the one who throwing 104. And then my other winner, I think I've just, you got to give some credit to Virginia and the ACC and their offense. They're seven and zero. Nate Savino, four innings, 11 Ks versus Cornell last Friday night. He can shove. And also just to sprinkle it in there, like your guy, Jordan Sprinkle. How about Tulane taking the series against Louisiana Tech? They're starting to really look the part. Now let's go on to your losers. Chucky B. Oh yeah, so we'll get that first one out of the way. One of my losers is Long Beach Steak. You, you go from winning a series in in Starkfield to just getting swept by Sacramento State. That's no disrespect to Sacramento. It's just can't be doing that kind of nonsense. And then um, another loser, uh, Iona, get, uh, getting eight, uh, 68 runs scored on them against Tennessee this weekend. <laughs> it, that's it's just brutal that way. Like, Iona's not a great squad. Tennessee's awesome. Like. 68 runs is just bananas. I mean, I don't know what you do at practice this week, but that's why I'm not a head coach. And then the last loser is me, Will, for after our uh, first two weeks of um, doing our small school draft I, when I got all the points together. And that's the American Sweetheart Conference, only having 22 points right now. It's because my Campbell Camels are only were, are one in six at the time of when I posted those numbers. They got a walk-off win yesterday against Air, um, Air Force. I still believe in my fighting camels all day long. I believe in the American Sweetheart Conference. We're the premier conference of the made-up conference league. And uh, we'll be bouncing back. Slow start, but big finish. No doubt. that. Hey, that's pretty fun. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I love how you brought up yourself. Yeah, you got to own it. For the and and like I could easily boast and say, Oh, I'm at top of the conference, which I am, but I also went what two and six in my picks in the opening yeah. week. Yeah, balances um, out. You're beating me in the small school. I've got the picks going right now. Yeah, and the picks, man. I'm in the basement. So we so for my losers, one of mine, and this could even be you. You could go into this category. Anybody still sleeping on Bryce Hubbard is a loser for me. I'm not um, sleeping. <laughs> he's, so all the all he's done this year is 11 innings, 22 Ks, no earned. Went six innings, nine Ks, one walk, no earned. Hosting Samford over the weekend, and his teammate instead got uh, ACC pitcher of the week because Parker Messick also uh, had a one hitter and he did a pretty good job of throwing a baseball. Uh, FSU has got two of the best arms in the country, and the, those Southpaws uh, they have a lot of fun. Also, another loser for me. Anyone who has to face Jake Jelloff, I mean, I know Tommy White is the obvious pick for this, but how about Jake Jelloff from Virginia, who was a part of my winners, 11 for 18, five homers, three doubles, one triple, 19 RBIs, and eight walks this season. I know we typically just recap what he did this past week. He also ranked this past week. He was ACC player of the week because ACC didn't want to give it to Tommy White again, even though they gave it to Tommy White for the national, and he hit for the cycle against Cornell. I mean, <laughs> Cornell could be a loser. It bear outscored 60 to 12 over the weekend. But uh, UVA, yeah, they did pretty good. I mean, he had 20 total bases in two games. Uh, against Cornell. So he, he did pretty good at baseball. And then my other loser is uh, the entire big 12 outside of Texas. Cause I don't know who wants to face Pete Hanson yeah. and Stevens and wit. Yeah. I, yeah. It's fair. Like Texas is so good. They're just, there really isn't a real flaw to them. 
they're not, they don't necessarily the star every position, but they don't have a bad guy on the team. Exactly. And the only other thing that I was trying to get in there, but I don't know how I was going to is Arizona state being swept at home against BYU. That's a little bit of a loser in there for me as well. It's fair. I respect that. I respect that. that was, that was a big, uh, that was big for BYU. Also, just the last thing I'll say about Texas too. Ivan Melendez just like looks like he could be a Rocky villain. No, te- I mean, I don't think that has to be the last thing. We True. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it again, probably. We could talk, sure. <laughs> talk about Texas all day. Well, on the midweek podcast, we also like to have Chucky B make some picks, Willie C make some picks, and um, we're going to move along to that. I know that you've gone through your winners and losers. I've gone through my winners and losers, but now you've got a rotation. Oh, yeah, the weekend rotation. And what was your weekend rotation this past weekend? Well, I'm going back to my ace with Tommy White because why in the hell would I not choose Tommy White? He's still a dog. He All he did, Will, was add another four homers, another seven hits, another 14 RBIs. He went seven for 13 at the plate, and he's also back-to-back National Player of the Week. If there's a Friday guy, it's Tommy White. There's nobody else that could – I mean, he's did the you see the graphics they were making? They said they national sweet. team leaders and homers. It was like yeah, Wake uh, Forest 15, uh, NC State 13, Tommy White 9. He's like, uh, yeah, he's, like, a, he like, he's like, seven, isn't he like seventh in the nation like in team home runs? <laughs> yeah. Something crazy like that? Yes, that is great. I mean, he rakes. He, I mean, and he's, he's not getting cheated either. That's the thing. No. He is going dead center field on like all these home runs. Uh, yes, it, it's fun to watch. I'll be excited when he asks when like has to play like, big time competition. Like, he's still going to be a dog, but I'm curious to see what happens there. The next one is the guy you just talked about, so I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. But Jake Chelloff, he just went bananas this weekend. Like, I don't think enough people talked about it outside of like us and um, what's his face, um, Steven Sochat for the old Virginia guy. He was talking <laughs> about him all day. And then you mentioned this other guy. He's my this is my Sunday. It's just Ben Joyce throwing one on three. Like I love watching dudes throw gas. And when you can melt down college Twitter, that's a big time dub. And I want that to close out my weekend. Like Ben Joyce throws heat and he doesn't care who knows it. And like half of my Twitter feed all weekend was just Ben Joyce breakdowns and mechanics. So Ben Joyce is my last star of the week. I might need to break the, I mean, people might need to break those down. Do you like, do you like his mechanics? I mean, they're, it's, I'm not the coach. They're working clearly. So, yeah, I do like them. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you hit bombs, like, no one's going to mess with Tommy White's mechanics. Yeah, like, exactly. no one's going to mess with Ben Joy mechanics. You're hitting bombs and you're throwing 105. Who cares exactly. what the mechanics are? The mechanics are obviously good. Yeah, it's working. He's <laughs> effective with it, too. No, exactly. No, he is nasty. And then he ended the inning after throwing, like, five or six straight 103s with a changeup at 90. Yeah, it is. I think his slowest pitch that of that game was like ninety eight, which is insane. Yes, he is. I can't like. I want to watch Tennessee at all times now. We need we need Tommy White versus um, Ben Joyce. That'd be the greatest at bat. We need that. That ball might go an actual mile if Tommy White gets a hold of it. It could. (laughs) For my weekend rotation, I've got from Friday night the ACC offense. I mean, they have been raking to start the year. I know they're a good conference, but Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, and NC State 
are all top five as a team in the nation and slugging percentage. I mean, I know Wake Forest is a team known to kind of hit bombs. Let's start talking about the Demon Deacons maybe a little bit in their offense. Of course, we talk about NC State, and we've well documented what we've mentioned earlier on previous podcasts about Virginia Tech. I thought that was interesting. My Saturday, I think it's going to be a little bit interesting for you, Chucky V. (laughs) Uh, but what about our, what what are your thoughts on Arkansas starting the year four and two? Um, the Razorbacks, you know, obviously they're a team where you typically think that they're going to go to Omaha, right? Like you just think like, okay, Arkansas, they're, uh, they're a good baseball team, right? So yeah, they absolutely. win their opening weekend against Illinois State after losing three to the first game. And we said, Oh my gosh. Then they win the next two. And yeah. then they go play Indiana win number six, Stanford lose. And then your Louisiana raging Cajuns and win as well. So they're four and two, but one thing they've done so well this year, Robert Moore, Jalen battles, like they are so good at defense. I mean, this team has turned double play after double play. Arkansas has turned nine double plays in their first four games. Now I know they've played six, but they keep turning double plays after double plays. And like, that is huge for a team. Like how many are that when you're, when your team, when your pitchers getting jams, well, that's a good question, right? How many are they at? And yeah, actually you have it written down. <laughs> what? I just know you have it written down. I was waiting for you to say it. Well, no, exactly. Like yeah. when I look at their double plays, they're at nine double plays on the season. Ton. And you do that, and their opponents have only turned four. You know, so yeah. they, they're uh, four and two with nine double plays turned. I mean, they're getting multiple per – that's how you can get out of innings. That's something people don't think about. You walk a guy, let's get a double play. I got more in battles in the middle. And so nine double plays – in those first six games, not four games, excuse me, because they're four and two, pretty impressive. And then my Sunday, Purdue baseball. It's fair. They're eight and Sleep no. They haven't played team. competition, but they've stolen 35 bases on 35 attempts. They've got the wheels on the bus going round and round. So <laughs> yeah, they that, do. They, and then my other guy is Reed McLaughlin because he has four saves and he leads the nation. That's pretty cool. And then my other guy is Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard. Just pick like if we put if we put Texas's staff and Florida State's staff in a hat and just picked out a name, I think we could have at least one person each week on this list. But yes, how about 100%. Purdue having the wheels on the bus go round and round? Yeah, how is I don't know. You might have looked up. I don't. I don't know. But what's like the um, distribution amongst like who's like you know, it's uh, isn't Washington? What's his face? Something Washington there? The UAB guy that transferred. For Purdue, yeah, who like how who's got all the stolen bases for them? Dude, that's well, that's the crazy. Is it that, thing. There's no way that's distributed, is it? No, it's, it's like here when you go up, like everyone's running on this team. Like it's, I like it. it's a uh, little '80s Cardinals action. Well, that's the crazy part. Is like anytime you let somebody on base, it's a threat. Yeah, and so when you a look at Purdue, and I know they haven't played anybody yet, but they are eight and zero. And we'll see what they can do in the Big Ten, blah, blah, blah. But they're 35 for 35 on stolen bases while they've only surrendered five as a team. So they've taken 30 extra 90 feet as a team. 
which is great. They've got one guy with six, Evan Albrecht. They've got another guy, Curtis Washington, with seven. They've got another guy and Mike Bolton Jr. with Mm -hmm. six. And then, you know, so it's like six, seven, seven, six, four, three, one. Like every single person that is in their upper echelon of uh, at bats has at least one, like every starter. (laughs) So like That's they insane. all can run, they want to, and, and 35 for 35, you'd think they get thrown out once. Yeah. I, I don't care who you're like, you're right. Yes. Competition does matter. And like, as we talked about in other like guys earlier, like I don't care who you're playing against, unless the catcher has no arms, 35 for 35 is insane. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it is crazy against whoever's catching, whoever's pitching, yeah. you got to be fast, got to have good jumps. Pitchers got to be slow to the plate every time. And the catcher pop times like you, you I mean, I, it's always crazy. Like they tell the pitchers, you got to be one, three to the plate. If the catcher's pop time is two seconds, you have about three, four seconds to get yeah, you to gotta, second. You got to be 0.5 <laughs> to the plate with Purdue. Every time. Facts, man. That's <laughs> 35, 35 is bananas. So now we move along. I know I had a couple, I had stolen bases in there and then I had defense turning double plays with more in battles on Arkansas. So little, double little plays, old school baseball stolen, but that's what wins and talk yeah. about winning. My national title pick right now is LSU. Uh, they got four guys sitting over 400. Well, obviously should we introduce really why team. we're talking about it. And yes, let's introduce why we're talking about it because we were trying to get an interview, but the guy we were going to interview didn't really respond back. So, we're pivoting to talking about some gambling picks because right. that's what let's, we're doing now. Let's uh, talk about the odds to win. This is our money ball talk on the midweek. Yes, <laughs> our odds to win the national title. Uh, the favorite right now is Texas. Yeah. And these are, I think we're going off the Barstool Sportsbook odds. At yes. least that's what I'm going off of. So go ahead. We'll keep, you can keep going, man. No, according to the Barstool Sportsbook, and I, I would think any sportsbook across the nation, Texas would be the favorite, yeah. right? Now. Any good sportsbook should have Texas number <laughs> yes. one. Yes. I mean, if you don't, uh, let us know so we can. But yeah, yeah. so Texas is the favorite. But at LSU, I think, is second uh, odds on favorite, which yep. I thought I was honestly surprised. Like toward the beginning of the year, LSU was like at top 10, fringe top 10. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe five, six, seven. I was high on them just because I'm high on them. But yeah. I didn't think they were going to be second, which was kind of interesting. I think they're really good. But I, also, I, I wouldn't put them at two personally, but we can talk about that later. Keep going. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, I mean, I think they're going to win it all, but I also think that Florida State is going to make it to Omaha, you know? Yeah. So, and also another team is Tennessee that we're both, we're both liking right now, plus 330, three, plus 3,300. Yeah. That'll play. But that, I mean, that's a pretty good mark right there. Also, Ole Miss, what were their odds on at? Um, Ole Miss is at plus 1,800, and so is Stanford, which those aren't bad. I, I like the idea. Like, both those teams, I think, are like Omaha teams slash could win. Like, the thing is, like, Texas for sure is like my favorite to like win the actual whole thing. That doesn't always happen. And plus, betting with the actual fair, it's not a whole lot of fun to do. Um, I do kind of like, I could talk myself into putting some money down on Tennessee, though. I really could. Because who knows, man, if their pitching holds up and they can keep breaking. Great, they haven't played anybody. But when you put those kind of numbers like that, it says something on its own right there. No, now, so we'll, we'll know more, but like 100 bucks gets you, what is that, 3,300 bucks? Is that right? Right. If, if they were to win it, I'll take yeah. that. No, Tennessee And that's also like a big. fun one. Because that's, that's the point of game. Like, no one wants to – picking the favorites not a whole lot of fun. 
Exactly. You have to that medium. 107 days away from this college baseball title being crowned, right? And you've got Texas as the favorite at plus 600, LSU plus 850, then Vanderbilt plus 900, Mississippi State plus 1,000. Those are your top four favorites. Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Florida, NC State, Ole Miss, Stanford. They all kind of round out that top 10. Then it's UCLA, Florida State, East Carolina, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, Arizona, Oregon State, TCU. And then down the line, you get Tennessee right there. There's some other teams, like some some non-Power 5 teams that made the list, like Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, I mean, any team makes the list. Every team yeah, has. Yeah, I just, I don't, I think Tennessee is the last on this list that, like, in my mind, has a real, a realistic shot of actually winning it all. You never. What do know. you, what do you think? What do you think, though? I mean, like, it'd be great if Liberty could win it at with those odds because they're at what? Um, I mean, I think a, a team like Liberty, a team like Southern Miss, they have great chances to go to Omaha. Um, they're going, crazy. they're going to compete in a regional. It's, it's yeah. just a fact, yes. you know, they're really good. And there's always sometimes a non-power five team that makes it there. And so like teams like that, I think are going to be great. I think LSU is an Omaha team. I think Texas is an Omaha team. I think Florida state is an Omaha team. I think Vanderbilt's always in that conversation, but Liberty yeah. Southern Miss, they're going to be right there. I know you like Texas. I know Ole Miss is dang good. And so there's so, so some good teams right now. Uh, but those are kind of the ones that come to mind for me ultimately at the top of the mind right now. Um, so those are kind of the hot takes. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like UCLA that high. I don't know why they're, I don't, I would not put them that high on the odds maker like that. Yeah. They, they, they're, they're at like 2000. That's those teams. They're obviously in that. I like UCLA right now. Like, I love UCLA, but it just, it seems like the, it seems no, like I a, agree. I'm I think not, it's, one, I think it's one of the worst UCLA they can value. Winning a title. No, no, that's not going to play like Tennessee. I think could, um, I don't. I love LSU, and I, I don't think it's a bad take for them as the national champion. I just want to see them pitch against like top competition. So this will be like this weekend will be a good one to look at because like right. yeah they can uh, they can hit they can hit but like if those bats go cold they they might be fucked. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they especially against like Texas and play teams like that. Like Texas is going to hit just fine against LSU, but the question is if LSU can rake against that trio of starters. No, I agree. I think that you got that pitching is the question mark for that team, but that offense is, is a lot to love. Let's go to our, speaking of hot takes, let's go to our hot takes for the upcoming weekend. Um, right. It's a three, one count. You, you quickly go through, uh, you're swinging away. Who do you think is, uh, what do you think is going to happen? One of your hot takes, a uh, high fastball up and in, you're going to swing away for the fences. What do you got here for the upcoming yeah. weekend, Charlie? Well, my first one is this is assuming that he plays against against UCLA because that's what it would assume he would be doing. I've got Tanner Tanner Wittery put his uh, career high at nine Ks. Like no, the career high thing is great for him. And everything it's also only his second start, so he's going to get a lot of those early on, like we've been talking about. But I got Tanner Wick uh, st- uh, strikes out twelve UCLA Bruins on Sunday. I don't think that's that crazy, especially like a lot of young guys on that team. Like Tanner Witt's just Tanner Witt. He's got a horse cock. He's gonna. He try, I think he might be the best pitcher in the state of Texas. I really do. Um, the next one is I have Caden Grice, the DH for Clemson, a Chuck Cheese and elite guy. I have him going to yard three times against the Gamecocks. That's a lot of references. I probably should slow down on that. Caden uh, Grice is a dog. Clemson's kind of slept on. They've got they've got a good squad. Um, that's going to be a fun series to look at too. And then my last one is, and this doesn't really kind of go to my own rule because it's not for the weekend, but using some basketball, some college basketball um, 
just college sports general, like um, terminology. I think NC State loses to Campbell. We're recording Tuesday, so this is for us tomorrow, but when you, people will be hearing this Wednesday, I think Campbell beats NC State on Wednesday. I think it's a perfect trap game because Campbell is way better than two and six, and people forget about that. And this will be NC State's like first actual, like pretty good baseball team they're facing. I don't think Evansville or Quinnipiac are, are very good squads, but I think it's a great if you can gamble on like I think they're like ten bucks down. I think it's a I think it's a good one. What about Tommy Tanks? Yeah, for all I know, Tommy Tanks is just gonna hear this and like get mad. No, he's not gonna hear this. But um, yeah, Tommy Tanks could ruin this. But I like the idea of um, that's tr- I think it's the hottest take of my three easily. For me, I got Texas. <laughs> I mean, Texas, they're playing in the Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about this 22nd annual event with some good teams playing at Minute Maid Park, but they're not going to be undefeated after the weekend. I think that is a hot take because they're going to be favored in all games because they're the number one team in the nation, but I do not think they will win all the games after they have to play Tennessee, LSU, and UCLA. That's one of my hot takes. Another one is Kevin Parada is going to have six hits this weekend against nationally ranked rival Georgia. Those are my hot takes. I know Parada uh, is good you know i'm high on him he was on the will con the factor team so uh that's what i got i like the parada one because like georgia's got some sick arms and they have a fantastic defense as well so that's a oh yeah jonathan cannon's gonna throw everything at him cannon's a dog dude absolute d-o-double-g so now let's go to look at some series to watch for this upcoming weekend. I know we've kind of recapped what we saw through two weeks in college baseball, what stuck out, what hasn't our hot takes, uh, our weekend rotation, our winners, but now uh series upcoming. It's time to make our picks. You went five and three last week. I went two and six. Yeah. Should we go back? Should we go over those uh, games again for people that haven't seen the graphic before? I can like read them over. Yeah, we can, we can recap uh, the picks over the past weekend. Of course, right. again, you, crushed me in the picks yes i did but that's okay because we also whiffed on some so will and i both took charlotte in the charlotte west virginia that was an l west virginia won that series uh maryland campbell will took campbell campbell lost i took maryland that's a p for me uh tulane uh louisiana tech we both caught the l trying to pick tech tulane came away with the series winning that one we both crushed nebraska versus tcu because tcu won a series so that's p for both of us Duke Baylor, we both took the L again with Duke. So Baylor showed us wrong once again. Nevada, UC Santa Barbara. That was another P for the both of the boys here. We both took Santa Barbara. Grand Canyon versus UC Irvine. We'll took Grand Canyon. I took Irvine. That gives the P to me because Irvine won it all. Won it. Sam Houston State versus Dallas Baptist with my king, Jace Grady, on the Dallas Baptist side. And Dallas Baptist came away with the series win there. So that's another W for me, which leaves me at five to three and Will's at two to seven. Or two to six. I, I wrote that wrong. Two to six. Two and six for me, five and three for you. Feels good. All right. So let's move on to this week and make our picks for some series this upcoming weekend. Not just making picks to make picks, but also these are some series that obviously we think are going to be good. They're series these are hard to ones, watch. too. They're series to watch as well. These are nationally, a lot of nationally yeah. ranked teams going up against each other as well. And we start with Florida at Miami. Um, who do you got? Who's going to win the series? Tentatively Florida. I think they're going to go two one. I think they win Friday. I think they lose Saturday. And then it comes down to my dog, Pierce Coppola, if you can put it away, but like Florida by not a ton, but I, I'm going to Florida for this one. Just so I haven't Bart? seen it. Just so I haven't seen enough from other than like the one midweek game I've seen in Miami. I haven't seen them enough. I know they've got dogs, but 
I think Flores probably got to do it. Did you see Barco's slider? Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, I got Florida. It's a Frisbee. (laughs) I got got Florida as well. Of course, referencing Hunter Barco, their starting pitcher, who's uh, just nasty. Oh, new name for this. It's Sandlight Spotlights, by the way. Sorry. Sandlight Spotlights is our series to watch. And the first spotlight was Florida and Miami. We both take Florida. Now we move along to Georgia versus Georgia Tech, a rivalry game to nationally ranked teams looking to get after it. I can't, this is going to be fun. I mean, this is my, I'm, I mean, other than the Shriners hospitals for children's classic, I'm really looking forward to this one the most in terms of a series. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I am too, because uh, this is the one where I, I, struggle the most and i figured you'd take georgia tech so i was i thought i might as well try to put some distance and take georgia and i think the pitching probably prevails now georgia's it's gonna be a hard one dude the like georgia plays really good defense and they pitch really well they're not the best hitting team and then like georgia tech knows how to rake it's kind of it's kind of kind of the inverse of each other a little bit you know no i absolutely i I got georgia i got georgia and i'm gonna take georgia tech kevin parada uh Jenkins, you got Jenkins on that team. You got Compton on that team. You got a lot of good players that are yeah. going to play well. Georgia's got Cannon atop that rotation. It's going to be great rivalry in Georgia. I can't wait. So that'll be fun. How about so I so you we both take Florida. We split on the Georgia Georgia Tech. You go Georgia, yep. I go Georgia Tech. Now we got Cal at FSU. And uh, you already know who I'm picking here, but I'm going to let you pick first. Yeah, I'm taking FSU, but I do think that Cal wins on Friday. And that, and also I might say, I told you, I texted to you about this. Um, that might be the best, this might be the best Friday matchup in the country, uh, pitching wise with White versus uh, Messick. It doesn't really get a whole lot much better than that. No, yeah, I mean, it's going to be great, but I just don't, even if they... <laughs> If they win Friday, they have a shot. I mean, they're they're not beating Bryce Hubbard. No, they're not. No, no I agree. But no, I got FSU sweeping honestly in this one. That's um, not a bad take. I don't hate that. But because I say that now, I think that there is going to be a game won by Cal now. But I still, yeah. <laughs> I, I still think FSU wins the series, and that's all that matters. Sure. I got uh, FSU. You got FSU, but. Yeah, they have to say they. You think they win on Friday? I think that they could win maybe on Sunday, but we don't know. Yeah, That's somehow, it. somehow facing Parker Mestic is like Cal's best opportunity in my mind, which makes no sense, but it helps that they have Josh White. So that's what. That's the only reason why. And like Dylan Beavers could put one over the porch, and it's just a one zero game. Yeah, that's going to be a great game, of course, to watch. How about this other one, another little rivalry, or at least a couple of the Coastal Carolina traveling to UNC. UNC just entered uh, the national rankings. Yeah. I'm taking them too. Taking UNC. I've gotten, I've got UNC as well. I think Tar Heels are going to be nice. Yeah, I do too. I'm, I, I don't have much to say about that series truthfully, but like I got UNC for sure. I'm excited to see Ozuna. Yes, that, that'll be fun. And how about the final series? South Carolina Gamecocks hosting Clemson. Taking Clemson, bro. I got to get my guy. Caden Grice on Chuck Cheese and Elite Some Love. Um, he's part of my hot take. So, like, it kind of goes hand to hand. If Caden Grice hits three homers this weekend, I think they'll probably play pretty well for Clemson. And uh, I tweeted this out on our account, I think. I think it was our account. Yeah. About Clemson. Like, I was looked at some of their stats for national rankings. And 
they're they're kind of not slept on, but not, no one's talking about them enough. That's what I really think. Yeah, here it is. All right, national ranking categories. They're 10th in on-base percentage as a team, 24th in batting average, which doesn't sound great, but top 25 nonetheless. ERA is the 20th best in the uh, league, fourth best in fielding percentage, and then Ks per nine for the pitching staff is 10th. So don't sleep on the Tigers. This is going to be a great series mm-hmm. um, because as much as you talk about Clemson, South Carolina six and one, they've won five games in a row. And I mean, they're just a good team as well. So I, I don't think you can sleep on them. It is going to be stiff competition, but uh, pl- playing this game, I think it's going to be good and shoot. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the first game's at founders park and then, neutral site and then the third game is at clemson so interesting friday saturday sunday or at least that's what it says on gamecocksonline.com website tell us that's what they tell us that's all we can do that'll be interesting i i i think that will be a really good series and the winner of that series i think it's definitely going to be in our biggest winners biggest losers um after this because the clemson i think would definitely get more more uh, national notoriety if they could maybe win that series with some good vengeance so we'll see but i got yeah. south carolina if they, if they that win one. that series i bet they i would imagine unless like everybody in the top 25 wins i imagine clemson probably goes top 25 oh i yeah that's too crazy I think, right no i think they would yeah um so i guess we're almost at the end but this okay i don't know if i'm if i'm just messing with it like we talked this before you mentioned man, the Shriners Classic. What the hell is it with being put on AT&T Sportsnet Southwest? Like, are they really just not going to show that to the now? That should be any – I'm not going to say ESPN because I understand that like, they're just not going to do that, but that should at the very least be ESPN Plus. And the, really, it should be like ESPN too. I mean – I don't really, know why that's not be, on national TV. It should be TV. MLB Network. Yes. That was a, yeah, that makes no sense to me. But, I mean – I could be wrong. I, that's just all I've ever seen is it says AT&T Sportsnet Southwest. I don't know if – I assume that means you can only be the south, like the southwest region is the only like where they're showing it. And so yeah. it would make sense because that is the sports net that like the Houston yeah. Astros play on. Like it'd be like if it was on Valley Sports Midwest, it would be so. okay in that location. But when you have Baylor, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma, UCLA, and Tennessee, all the teams in that southern region besides UCLA. The Shriners College Classic at Minute Maid Park. I mean, the 22nd annual event. And with Baylor, Texas, LSU, Oklahoma, UCLA, Tennessee. I mean, this nine-game tournament is going to be great. But you can fly down, Charlie. You can watch in person if you want and buy a, a three-day <laughs> I could. Package. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you can buy a three-day package. Um I know there's tickets to buy, but in terms of watching it, that's all I've really seen as well. I am going to try to find a stream somehow because there are some really good games. I mean, just on Friday, you've got Tennessee versus Texas and you got Oklahoma versus LSU and UCLA Baylor Saturday jam-packed day you got oklahoma ucla then baylor tennessee then texas this is the game of the weekend texas lsu that is the game and then you've got sunday tennessee oklahoma ucla texas and then lsu baylor so this is just like jam-packed stuff um it's gonna be so fun and I mean, there's going to certainly be a big winner, a big loser, and a lot to unpack from this one. And yeah. we're going to work uh, around the clock to try to find a stream. 
Facts. Who do we think? Uh, I guess there's me some ties. I think with wins, but who would you? Uh, how would you rank? How do you think the outcome is going to go? Tech. I think. I mean, I know te- Texas I think is Texas number goes, one. I think Texas goes two and one. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think they they have a chance to lose Friday, and then they'll probably beat LSU and then beat UCLA. And I think Tennessee they could beat Texas and then beat Baylor and then beat Oklahoma. I could see Tennessee leaving this three and zero if they win on Friday. I so. agree. Tennessee is the highest like climbing potential. Right. So we'll I think see. Baylor, I think Baylor might get kind of wiped off on this whole thing. Who are, who are they, how, what are their three games? You said, Oklahoma, I'm just nervous. Right? Cause LSU's I, I like, I'm just so looking forward to it because LSU's pitching. Yeah. Um, just to see, but Baylor plays UCLA on Friday. And then on Saturday, Baylor plays Tennessee. On Sunday, Baylor goes up against LSU uh, to round out the weekend. Yeah, yeah. that Friday game, they can definitely win. But when you get swept by Maryland and then go around and beat Duke, then you're you're in a conversation of being a good college baseball team, of course. Uh, But now these are all like basically top 25 perennial teams in this one. And that's why it's such a great event. And that's why this nine-game tournament is something that I, I would love to go to one day. Same. I would too. Maybe we have to go down there and record sometime. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Future. In the future, man. We'll get there. Does that wrap it up? That wraps it up. Thanks for listening to the midweek podcast. Of course, uh, watch some college baseball this weekend and then uh, come back next week. Listen to our takes from the past week and our for the upcoming week. Uh, agree with us. Disagree with us. Tweet at us. DM us. Send us hate and mail. Where can they find us at, Will? And you can find us at the midweek podcast on Apple and Spotify. And also, Charlie, they can uh, tap into our social media pages yeah. as well. That is, so Instagram is the midweek underscore podcast. And then our Twitter, if it pulls up, is we should probably know this off the top of our heads, but I was getting mixed up. And our Twitter is just at the midweek underscore pod. So show us some love on there. Let's catch up on everything we're doing and talking about in the college baseball world. No doubt about it. Thanks for listening. That was the midweek podcast. What is it you want to do?